Welcome to The Mindset. On this show, we interview athletes, entrepreneurs, and other successful individuals that have the mindset to win in the face of long odds. You'll hear what drives these amazing people and find inspiration to face the challenges in your own life. Our guest on today's show is Andre Fluell, an eight-year NFL veteran. Llewellyn played most of his career as a defensive tackle for the Detroit Lions. On this episode, he discusses insights he gained playing for legendary coach Bobby Bowden at Florida State. He covers his routines and superstitions from his NFL days, and he talks about how he approached life after football. Here is Andre Fluellen on The Mindset. Uh, but we are back with Andre Fuellen, third round pick of the Detroit Lions back in 2008 and the co-founder of Beyond the Game Network. Andre, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You know what? Now that you say that, God, 2008 was 12 years ago. God, <laughs> that's crazy. Right? right? It makes you feel so old. Yeah, man. I'm, wait, hold on. I don't get old. I get seasoned. All right? Get it right. I, I get like seasoned. That. I like know, that. I age like, I age like wine, right? I was going to say, is there a specific... Like is there a specific type of seasoning there? <laughs> like a good steak, man. A good steak is better with age. Well, I, you know, I think that's right. Maybe I, I think that's what I've heard. At least yeah, what they yeah. try to sell you on. Sounds <laughs> right. No, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. Um, so, as we try to do these, you try to do like one really big question. So, the one that we wanted to hit for you is um, you you played for one of the iconic coaches in college football in Bobby Bowden. Um, what did you learn from him or take away from him that you can still, or that you still use or still apply today? Yeah, man, you know, just a, even though his knowledge as a football coach, all right, so look, check check now check this knowledge that he had as a, as a football coach. All right, look, I'm gonna tell you some stuff that he used to say that is so beyond any other coach, like it may even go over your head. Like you'll never hear another coach with this type of football wisdom, all right? Okay. So he, every practice, this is what he used to say, every single practice. He would say, all right, man, here's a practice for the schedule for today. He would say, look, blockers, you block. Tacklers, tackle. Receivers, catch the ball with your hands. All right, y'all got to practice. Now, every day, that was his that, that was his football IQ. Was, but if you think about it, like, that's all that was needed. Right. right. And uh, and so, like, stuff like that is always just kind of was seared into my, into my memory of just how simple he made the game. Is that, yeah, I was going to say that, that, that it's the basics, right? It's like you do what you can control and then we should be fine. Kind of is that, is that what you always kind of took away that's, from that? That's what it really was, man. It was just you do exactly your job and you do it to the fundamental foundational basics. The coaches will coach you all the other fancy stuff, but you worry about the basics. And, uh, and I think that's what, you know, that's what really stuck with me about him as a coach was just he just made it so simple. Like, uh, and then as a, as this is a person, you know, one thing that he never did, he never changed, right? Like he was just always a humble, always just, you know, a man who believed in his faith and all that kind of stuff. He never let anything or the game change him or the pressure to win change him. Like he never changed. Even when things weren't going as good, like my senior year, and you know, he still did not change who he was. And that's what I kind of took in my real life, you know, post-football career was just, there's something about a person who is themselves that gets them a long way. Like, all right, I hate to say it like this, but Bobby Bowden reminds me of a person who is who is himself that got him a, a long way. God, dog, man, I hate to even say this, but the darn president, <laughs> bro, <laughs> he was himself. 
He's himself, and that got him to the freaking White House. So the moral of the story is, just like yeah. Bobby Bob is, like, be who you are, and they can get you a long way, <laughs> good or bad, right? <laughs> how, that's a, how you feel about it? That is a, it's a great advice as we go into to July 4th with, like, the way people use Instagram and Twitter and everything like that. I honestly, I love that, man. I think it's something that you kind of forget about in this world. It's like, just be true to who you really are, and, and, and honestly, we'll take you – better than trying to like be something else or be something right. that, you know what I mean? That you see out there. So I, sure. I appreciate that. Um, who was the sports icon growing up that influenced you the most? Like you tried to emulate them. You watched them all the time. Like who, who was that for you growing up uh, out, out there outside of, outside of Atlanta? Okay. All right. All right. You got me thinking. All right. Um, all right. So there are two guys. There's one guy is my favorite player of all time. And then there's one guy who I patterned my game after. So the first one I'm going to say who I patterned my game after was Warren Sapp. All right. Okay. Warren Sapp was like the original, I mean, this pressure penetrating three technique. Like he really made the defensive tackle spot be a spot where people like get famous and get paid. Yeah. Right? Like he really, really changed the game. Yeah. Okay. My favorite sports athlete, best basketball player of all time, of all time, is none other than uh, San Antonio Spurs. Who am I? Who am I saying? Uh, you gonna say David Robinson or George? No, Herbert? no, Mister Fundamental. Oh, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. really? Yes, he was favorite so boring. Basketball. Oh, that's how patterned my game. I love boring, dude. I love I love boring, man. I mean, just straight up 17 points a game. Every game is gonna hit the backboard. He's not even gonna dunk on anybody. He's gonna do those like those raggedy pencil dumps, man. Like where you don't even like you don't even pick up his knees, like dude. Um, he was my favorite player because he everything was about fundamentals with him. Like he just did the basics, and the basics got him to be maybe the best power forward of all time. Like like literally, just the basics, right? And that's what that's what I like. Like he wasn't special. He wasn't a special athlete. I mean, he had a special mindset, but like just right. the absolute. Big. Timmy was my guy, man. I'll tell you, still, still to this day, my favorite basketball player of all time. Probably the best of all time. No, he's so man. It's so funny you say that because there's been um, with the unfortunate uh, death of Kobe. There's been this kind of back and forth of like who really had like the better career, and of course, Kobe is just. He's amazing in so many ways from an right. athletic perspective and everything he did. But when you really yeah. kind of break it down, right? Tim Duncan was so solid for so long. Oh, it's yeah. hard to it's hard to argue like you wouldn't have wanted to have Tim Duncan over Kobe. I'm a Kobe guy personally, but I get why people argue that. So yeah, I'm, um, I'm a Kobe fan, but I'm a I'm a Tim Duncan fanatic, man. Fun fanatic. Okay, I like that. That's a that's I. It's not what I expected. I'm not gonna lie to you, especially because you know he went to Wake Forest. You know, I know, right? Yeah, you're a little, little rival, but you know they weren't really a rival. But you know. <laughs> um, so the, okay, so someone, so I know Tim Duncan actually had these. He he, had, he did so many different things before the game. Did you have anything like that? Did you have any like special routines, special superstitions that you uh did over the years? You know what? I did, and I'll tell you this, man. I had superstitions, and when I stopped doing them, I started playing better. <laughs> Believe it or not, right? Really? So, yeah, man. I used to, like, for whatever reason. So, in the NFL, you might not know this, but if you ask for it, they'll give you an IV, like like a straight up. They'll give you an IV, and they'll put, like, you know, just to hydrate you, okay? So, you can, I can ask for 
So before every game, it didn't matter if I was going to play 100 plays or play two plays. There were some games I knew I wasn't going to play much. And so I would be like, hey, I need a, I need a, a I mean, a thousand, thousand cc's of IV fluid. And I'm like, and I just did it because in my mind, I knew that it was going to help me play better. Like, and then when I stopped doing it, I was like, dude, that's so stupid. I'm only playing four snaps a game. Barely, I'm probably barely even going to sweat. Right. Like, what do I need all this for? I'm just drinking Gatorade and I'll be fine. And so, uh, <laughs> so, so that was one of the superstitions I had was, was that. Um, and I, I didn't I, know I that. Yeah, man. Yeah, you you can get an IV like like clockwork. Like they'll they'll give you one. Um, I guess my other superstition was well, not superstition. So that was only superstition because I felt, felt like it made me play better, and it, mm-hmm. it really didn't. So I stopped that. Um, I would say I used to do a really extensive like forty five minute yoga session before every game. I mean that that helped me. Like yeah. like really really extensive like to the point of, like I'm sweating. That's what got me ready, and that. That helped me. I still do that. I still do that like to this day. So that was my. How did you? How did did you stumble upon that at Florida State, or how did you come into? Because I, I'm Tim. I didn't like learn yoga until I moved to San Francisco. (laughs) Yeah, man. No. So check this out, man. So my, um, so my wife and wife is a physical therapist. Okay. So my third, fourth year in the NFL, bro. Like both of my knees were like shot. Like I was told by many doctors to retire. That I would need a knee replacement in ten years, like it was really, really bad. Like it was, oh, wow. I could barely walk, barely play. This is my fourth year in the NFL, and so uh, my wife looks at me. She was like, "Man, I don't really think it's your knees, bro. I think it's your hips." Uh, she was my girlfriend at the time. She was in PT school. I was like, "Whatever." She was like, "I'll give you these stretches and do them, and just before you retire, try it out and see if they work for you." I said, "Dude, I did those stretches. I did them every day for eight weeks." I had no more pain at all. And I, I still do them to this day. And it was the same kind of stretching regimen that I did pregame. So it's kind of like wow. a yoga and stuff, stuff like that. So I was like, golly, she actually knows what she's freaking talking about. Like she really <laughs> did. So so yeah, man. So that's that's that she actually got me started doing that. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Kudos. And now, you know, now that she's your wife, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. See, I, I thought about it like this. All right, I thought about it like this. All right. Average NFL career is two point six years. Yep. Average career of a doctor is however long you want to practice. Yes. So however long, whenever you start. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I said, all right, let me make a business decision. She's a doctor. I'm an NFL. I've already I've already surpassed 2.6 years. Yeah, I think I need to marry her. <laughs> that was a business <laughs> business decision. You uh yeah, you were ahead of the curve there. It was a very, yeah. very smart business decision there. <laughs> right. Um so as you um you know kind of started to figure out that that football you're kind of just talking there like your knees are hurting you know that there's a a shelf life we always know that as athletes right um how did you prepare for that how did you prepare knowing that like okay i've got to do something else after football and and how do you get your your mindset to to do that to to get away from sports all right so i'm gonna tell i'm gonna say something a little different than what most people say about when this answer all right i'm glad you asked me that so I'm the type of person that, and there's other people who can multitask. I'm not that person. That's just not me. So when I have a, a an A as a goal, like I don't really have a B or a C or even an A minus. Like I am so focused on A that it's yeah. hard for me to focus on something else. So when I was focused on football, I was hyper laser focused on football because you got to think, man, I was a dude, even I played eight years, man, I got cut 10 times, bounced around the league, stuff like that. So I had to stay laser focused on the goal if that's what I wanted to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
So with that, did I prepare for my second career? Yes. So I got into financial planning and when I was done, I kind of knew that I'll be kind of going towards that direction. And I hated, like I hated, I hated doing the financial planning and the wealth management. Dude, I was the worst. I was an English major when I was in school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what the heck did I have to do with financial planning? But you know, that's, um, that's, a, that's a big jump there. <laughs> yeah, man, right. Seriously. And so, but you know, I passed all the tests and got all my certifications and all that. And so, man, I'll tell you, even though I got financial planning, you know, the career sounds sexy, man, you know, you don't get paid anything unless you get paid off commissions. And I, and I wasn't going to sell out my friends in order to, to, you know, to get them to invest with me so I can get overages on it. Like, I didn't think that was in good taste. Right. So I tell people this all the time. One of the best things that could have happened to me was honestly just going to that wilderness of like, dude, I'm like, golly, I feel like I might go broke. And I feel like I might like lose it all. And that feeling was the best thing that could ever happen to me, ever. Like, I'll be honest with you, man. Some people need to go broke. I know that might not sound cool, but some people need that because at the end of yourself, like some people get so attached, especially as an NFL player, you can yeah. get so attached to the feeling and that money is your security. Like you can get so attached to that that you never maximize your life. And because of like that, that phase of me doing that financial plan and I'm hating it and I hated it and I got out of it and I had to do other stuff, man. Like, you know, like because of that brokenness, Beyond the Game was birthed out of that. Like what I'm doing now. And I love what I'm doing now. And that would have never happened if I didn't go through that wilderness of like, holy crap, this stuff might not work out. Like my life really might not work out. Yeah. So at the, yeah, and so I think guys get so like, we're taught so much of like, man, you got to make all the money and you got to hoard the money and make that money your security now, bro. Like, Man, at the end of that money, sometimes is the gold mine. Like, like honestly, and that's what I—that's what I've experienced. So that's yeah. that's the answer. Man, I tell people quick, like some, and I, I know people hate when I say it, but I tell somebody quick, like, hey, you might need to go broke. That makes it might be good for you because yeah. you know you might figure out what you, what you're really made of. So I don't know. Maybe that's the answer. That's, that's an answer. I'm gonna say it right. And and to the to your point there about just like the thing with sports, right? Is that you you wanna that you have this like burning sensation to like play and to be good and be great. Mm -hmm. And I think to your point there, like when you're able to kind of not have things, or, or you're like, man, I don't have this direction, and then you find it. However you find it, right? If it's because you're broke, or all of a sudden, like it all something just hits you, right? Like a lightning bolt. It you, yeah. you I think you need that fire, that something in you that just like I have this drive to your point. Like I, I have this is my plan A. I have no other plan B, plan C, plan D. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think that that kind of gives you the success to, to your point, like like yourself and, and others, which is cool. All right, let me tell you a funny story about that. All right, really, okay. All right. So this is my first meeting. Uh, Jim Caldwell just got hired as a Detroit Lions head coach. Okay. And so what he was doing. He was going, uh, he was getting all the like different segments. Like he'll go, you know, he'll take the wide receivers out to dinner. He'll take the defensive line out to dinner. He'll take all, all the different segments out to dinner, right? Just to get the nose a little better when he first got there. Yeah. So it was, it was the defensive line's turn. It was our, our turn. So uh, Caldwell went to a really nice restaurant. Obviously, he paid for everything, which is great. Uh, <laughs> so he asked everybody, you know, just some questions. And then he said, hey, you know, Flu, I don't know why he asked me this, but he was like, what advice would you give? Uh, just to anybody playing, just you know, I just want to hear about you know. I hear that you're a good dude. What would you be, you be your? What would be your advice? And I said, all right, coach. Here's my best advice that I can give any any rookie that's coming in. I said, if you're a rookie 
and you got drafted in the third round or later, right? Not a first, second round, but third round or later or undrafted. I said, I would encourage them to buy a Lamborghini, to buy a Lambo, right? So he's like, what? What is it? Like, buy a Lambo? I said, yes, buy a Lambo, right? And so he was like, um, that's not good advice. I said, hear me out. Here's why they should buy a Lambo. Upon, that's the first thing they should buy. Because then at that point in time, they'll be broke and they have to make the team. Right, like there's no other, there's no other, no other alternative. Like they have to make it. Like there's no, the the backs against the wall. They have to make it, and everybody died like bust out laughing. But there was actually some truth in that. I mean, obviously, don't buy a Lambo. But the, right. the, the reality is, so it was funny. That actually became like a slogan in Detroit. Like when when somebody went all out in practice, they'd be like, "Hey, like flu, and I bought the Lambo today." Like, all right, I got it. Right. <laughs> and so that came out of like all kind of little trademark slogan. Like, "Hey, did you buy the Lambo today?" Yeah, I bought yeah. it. Today. And that, be, that just means you went all out. Like you went, you put everything in. So that was kind yeah. Of like, <laughs> don't buy a Lambo, but you know. <laughs> I, I like that. I might. I'm gonna try to adopt that. Actually, I'm not gonna go buy a Lambo because then right. I, would, I would literally be broke there. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. But you were giving advice at that time. My last, my, my last one here. Get you out of here on this one. Yeah. Um, what advice would you tell your 15 year old self? Ooh, 15 year old self. Right, you know what? All right. I would say this, and this is something I live by. All right. There's two two things. One, I would tell my 15 year old self, "Hey, whatever you go through is going to work out." Like, it just it just always had. Life just has a way. If you're just a if you're just a decent person, life yeah. has a way of working out. Like, I mean, just, and I feel like I'm a decent person. I'll tell my 15 year old self, like, dude, life has a way of just working out. It'll, it'll work out. Okay. Um, and the second thing, and probably most important, this is something I live by. Like I live by this right now, um, is whatever you do, don't do it to be seen, do it to see it. Like I live, I, when I say I live by that, because what happens is like, a lot of times we do stuff to be seen, especially in the NFL. Like, hey, if I wanted a nice car, am I doing it to be seen, right? Do I get to, you know, to get people's eyes on me, to get women's right. eyes on me or whatever? Or am I doing it to see it just because I like it? Like, if I want a nice house, am I doing it to be seen? Like, oh, man, he's a big dog now. He's successful. Or am I doing it to say, man, I love coming here, right? And it, it actually puts a balance on things because you'll start to realize, and I'll tell my 15-year-old self, like, hey, whatever you do, even on the field, like whenever you're working out, like do it to see it. Like don't do it so people can see you. Because man, as long as you're doing stuff for people to see you, you'll never have enough. It'll never be enough. You'll never be able to satisfy everybody else's eyes. And there'll be always somebody that has something more. So just do it to see it. Don't do it to be seen. Like that's my like I I live by that right now. I wish I had learned that a lot earlier because it'll save me a lot of just headaches. <laughs> right. That's that's amazing advice. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Because uh, that, that applies to everything, right? Just, you know, not trying to like have anybody, bosses or friends or whoever, just kind of do it, you know, for yourself and to, you know, do it because you want to yeah. do it. That's awesome, yeah. man. There you go. Well, well Andre, uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining, man. Thanks for coming back and uh, have a great 4th of July, man. Uh, stay safe and, and have a good one with your family. No problem, man. Thank you for having me on, for sure. <laughs>